We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back on the Yin's No Ball podcast. I am John Ledyard. With me is Brad Spielberger. And the Steelers have just, literally just, we don't do this often, Brad, but they just wrapped up a victory over the Baltimore Ravens in Week 18 to finish the season at 10-7 and and put themselves in position to now wait to see if they get the necessary help needed to get a wild card spot and get into the NFL playoffs. Uh, the game's happening tomorrow. We'll we'll talk about what they kind of need to have happen. But the Steelers get it done. Was it what was the final? 17-10? 17-10. ten over the Ravens. It was every bit as ugly as that score would indicate. Uh, it was an absolute clunker of a game. They in the end got just enough plays on offense, and the Ravens backups couldn't do anything uh, against the Steelers defense for the most part. And the Steelers eked out a victory. It was incredibly ugly, but we are going to try to talk to you through some of the matchup anyway, because hey, they did do it. They got to ten and seven and got themselves in position for a playoff spot. If if Baltimore or if uh, Buffalo loses to Miami, or if Jacksonville loses to Tennessee tomorrow. So we'll wait. The Buffalo game's the night game. I, I and the Buffalo so game's the night game. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. and t- or, uh, Jacksonville and Tennessee play at one. I think that is a one o'clock. So I think it's Chicago, Green yeah. Bay. One o'clock. Um yeah. and then a couple other kind of you know Arizona, Seattle, a couple other games with playoff implications. Yeah, I just I'm chuckling sitting here saying, John, if I told you, all right, the Steelers are going to lose to the Cardinals and the Patriots this season. Yeah. But they're going to go 5 and 1 in the AFC North and win double digit games and maybe make the playoffs. What what do you what do you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it like I'm not really surprised at any of the games they've won either cuz like they played the Ravens backups, they played Bengals without Burrow, without Chase's uh, Chase played in the second game. I can't even remember. I think he missed one of the two, yeah. Yeah, he missed the second game. So I mean, I don't think Higgins played in the first game. So like yeah, I mean if you are going to pretend like the Steelers didn't have an unbelievably lucky breaks consistently along the way on the way to where they've gotten this season. I'm sorry, like this th- this kind of pod probably isn't for you because we're going to talk about those things realistically. However, they also were able to eke out these wins over the last couple weeks, um, and they were able to do that with Mason Rudolph, a quarterback, and he was you know very conservative in this game, and the rain and this play calling was conservative and uh, made the one, I don't know if it was a tough throw, but a good throw to Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. He didn't make any mistake. He did throw the ball to Ravens defender on the first drive of the game, went right through Marcus Williams' hands, uh, but nobody remembers drop picks, and he he did play pretty clean football the rest of the way. And so I would imagine he's going to start this playoff game, which again, which actually let's talk about that at the end because I want to kind of revisit that. People are kind of like, oh, he didn't. He wasn't like he worked lit the world on fire today. Like he, maybe he won't start on eh. Um, but in this game, the story really was not much offensively for Pittsburgh outside of a play here and there. Mostly it was defense, and it was T.J. Watt with two sacks. Obviously, it was a big part of that. Um, Watt then got hurt in the game. Adam Schefter uh, reporting just a couple, like two minutes tweeting out before we went live that it's believed that T.J. Watt has a sprained MCL. He'll have, I think, further testing tomorrow probably. To figure out exactly what the injury is, but they believe right now it's a sprained MCL. Look like a hyperextension live. Those can be so bad that it tears your MCL or ACL. Um, typically, this or this one did not look like it was bad enough. You know, Nick Chubb's one that was. Um, what did he tear? ACL or MCL? I can't remember. I, I think ACL for the yeah though in that game. Yeah. I think it was ACL. Yeah. So this one looks like just a sprained MCL um, and, and not hopefully any tear. Um, so we'll see. Uh, either way. Playing one week later, 
I don't know, Brad. Like that's going to be pretty tough, I think, um, on that little bit of recovery. I'm guessing he's going to have swelling. He's going to have stiffness. He's going to have considerable discomfort. Not a toughness matter, but like I just mobility and just everything. I just don't know if he's going to be able to to play or be effective if he does play. It's left knee, and I was thinking about this before we came on. Of like, all right, I feel like he probably launches more at the line with his right leg, but I think turning the corner and like planting and like bending around the edge is probably more kind of pushing off that left leg. I don't know. I do feel like the inside leg probably matters more, but this is now like really getting deep in the weeds, the semantics of which knee is going to have more torque, uh, you know, in a pass rush. But Maybe you'll play on yeah, the other side. Yeah, there you go. That's how you move him around. That's all it takes. That's all. And I do want to get there wish. too. Um, to Mr. Alex Highsmith. We, we got to get got to get to him uh, for sure. I mean, I, I'll jump right in there. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, massive, massive loss. The first sack was, I think, Alex Highsmith kind of chasing him, yeah. uh, the quarterback, into his lap. The second sack was pure T.J. Watt, though. Just beat Morgan Moses around the corner, got probably less than two and a half seconds, was, was you know, pulling uh, Tyler Huntley down. But Highsmith, the first, I think it was the first series after he left. You then had him get held. They didn't call it, but it forced Tyler Huntley to throw – like a screen pass that got uh, swatted down by, I think, Montrevious Adams. The next play, he timed the snap absolutely perfectly and was in the backfield in a half a second and, again, forced a bad screen pass that, like, gained a yard. It's funny. Like, I, Alex Highsmith this year, in, to my opinion, was noticeably better than he was last year, like markedly better in every facet of play. But people are going to be like, oh, he had 14 and a half sacks last year, I think seven this year. He was a better player. He, he He's the Miles Garrett equivalent. He was more productive on a down-to-down basis. He was remarkably yeah. you know, efficient as a pass rusher. He just didn't have a sack number that we all kind of get obsessed with. He was awesome, man. He was such a good player. I mean, just a totally dominant game. He just wreaked havoc on almost every down. He was held multiple times. So didn't get any calls. Um, at the end of the game, he was just completely exhausted, fighting through a block, clearly getting held right for the official, no call. And he just, like, threw up his arms. It was, like, so labored at that point. I was like, get this guy a break. But, yeah, he was awesome. He's one of the big reasons the Steelers were victorious. Um, Armand Watts had a big pass rush on third down, uh, obviously working against a lot of backups up there for Baltimore. So, I mean, you know, we can, we're not going to make too big a deal out of it because, you know, this game, it probably shouldn't have been close, but still are not just aren't that great. So I think that's why it was close, but yeah, Watts definitely able to win one-on-one, get in the backfield as well, get a pressure. Kevin Hayward broke through a few times in this game as he's trying to get back to a hundred percent being as effective as he once was as a rusher. Marcus Golden had some big plays in this game after Watt went down, uh, had a couple good rushes in the end on the final drive, and then had a big stop in the backfield shortly after like two plays after Watt left the game. So yeah, the depth that edge rusher was huge in this game showed out, no doubt. Um, it was just a really good game by the front. I mean, even Mark Robinson, for all his foibles, and he's not a perfect player, he had and he got blocked out pretty good on the long run that set up the on the Ravens' only touchdown run, drive. Bunch of good plays around the line of scrimmage. He's explosive moving downhill, good wrap-up tackler and finisher. He played well. Roberts had a few plays playing clearly in pain after almost every play. Uh, he was gutting through it. So I will give the Steelers credit for this. As much as we bemoaned their personnel decisions this season – they have had to piece it together at linebacker and at safety this year because of the injuries. Now, I think the rest of the baloney people are saying, oh, this, with this roster, this lot roster with no talent, may, I totally disagree with that. I said I think their skill players are plenty good if they had evaluated personnel well. I'd say this is a pretty, pretty decent roster. However, there's no doubt at safety and at linebacker, they got decimated this season. They had to make it work, and they found guys like Trenton Thompson. Uh, they found Mouse Jack, Eric Rowe they got. Like, I know they know some of these guys, but – those are good pickups. And, you know, Roe, first game, I was like, this guy kid's not going to last. Like, he's going to get killed. And, you know, they haven't played anyone, so that probably helps. Like, they, you know, not get exposed. The Seattle game, I mean, Seattle's tough. They, they found a way to survive that. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, they have, I mean, I just think the way they've been able to piece together in the secondary, and especially at safety uh, and linebacker, when they're in the losing streak, it just looked like there was no hope for those positions, especially the linebacker. And they've been able to kind of find a way to get just enough out of those positions. And I'm sure it'll look a lot more rough when the competition picks up again, if it does um, for them. But yeah, right now, as it currently stands, just to get to where they were, they needed to piece those positions together. And they certainly found a way to do it this year. Yeah, I think on a little bit, there was one play where he like over pursued uh, kind of um, a throwing window and then Aguilar just kind of walked into the slot. 
Uh, or not a slot, but like, you know, just like up the middle of the field. And I just don't really know why Jack broke so far outside on the, like, well, Eckler wasn't really running full speed. It was kind of like a sit down against his own type of thing. But anyway, yeah, like they, they did enough. Roberts had the nice tackle in the backfield at one point. And then I will say this, I, I was kind of keeping tabs of which players we could say like played starters. The Ravens did play their full offensive line minus Kevin Zeitler, I think sat at right guard and they had Ben Cleveland instead. But Otherwise, it was I mentioned Morgan Moses. Yeah, you saw Macari, who is basically a pseudo starter at left tackle at this point. Him and Stanley have been rotating. And I was gonna was, say, uh, isn't Stanley the starter? No, they've been so they rotate now. That's been going on for about six weeks now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could check that out. It's like probably a 60 40 split of like Stanley to Macari. No, like between, yeah, yeah, like between series, is they'll just switch them out. So, um. Well, Stanley, if you watch, if you focus on Stanley yeah. film, you, it, it'll be less bizarre. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. feel bad for the guy, the injuries, but bizarre to have not... a rotation at left tackle and be that good of a team, I guess. But, but yeah, Stanley's not the same guy. Like, you could even see that last time the Steelers played him. That's probably when it started. Or not when it started. It may have been when it started, actually. Around it was a now, catalyst like, for it, I'm sure. Yeah, like, like it, week yeah. eight or week nine. It may have been. It may have been. Um, because that was not a good game for him. Yeah. So, so, and I'm guessing he just got a full night off tonight. Macari, yeah, like he did grab Highsmith like three, four times in the game yeah. that were noticeable, but. The last thing I was going to say was on the second Watt sack, which was very quick, Hayward would have sacked Huntley a half second later if Watt didn't get there. He was unblocked coming up the middle – or not not unblocked. He, like, shed yeah. a block and was coming in, um, you know, up the middle with no one to stop him. So I thought he got upfield a couple times with good bursts. And then Ogan Joby keeps making plays too. Um, yeah, it was – and the only last the guy I remember specifically on the other side of the trenches, I thought it was a great Sumalo game. Um, might just be anecdotal. You know, you watch the broadcast, you kind of just notice certain things. But he made a bunch of plays, I felt, um, at, at the second level, but also just yeah. at the line of scrimmage. I thought he was really good. I thought so, too. You know, you have to give some credit to the offensive line in this game. I know people are going to watch the end of the half scenario, which is just an uh, offensive line nightmare, and say, well, how, how can you do that? And that drive was horrible. Like, the end of that possession was horrible. Uh, Dan Moore gets beat easily. Broderick Jones gets beat easily. And then Dan Moore beat easily again. And so, yeah, that that I agree with that possession was horrible. Other than that, though, they really did a pretty good job. Like, there were lots of really clean pockets for Mason Rudolph. And the Ravens didn't blitz very often. Honestly, I'm not trying to, like, take away from it, but it just really looked like the Ravens were, like, barely trying at times up front. Like, they weren't even trying to get off blocks. Like, they were just, like – as a pass rush group, it was totally bizarre, especially once Clowney got his uh, his bonus. He was just like coasting, like on these reps. And look, I get it. Like you, you're just trying to get Clowney's probably like screw this man. We're in the playoffs. Like I'm a vet. Like I don't need to be playing this. I'm gonna get my 750 and and, and cash out here. But it was pretty like the the effort for Baltimore was pretty pathetic, and the the game plan for Baltimore was oh my gosh. And I know the weather probably contributed, but the offensive game plan. I mean, they called Hank like 15 times. They just were having everybody run out, turn around. It was like, this is like match of bad candidate again. Like it was, and obviously they're trying not to show stuff, I'm sure. And like, they're just, it was a very preseason-esque game plan from Baltimore. Rarely, I don't think they took any shots in the game. The weather, I'm sure, contributed some to that. The most like complicated thing they had to defend was like dual crossers or something like that. It was just like exactly what you want. If you're Pittsburgh, and you're this weak secondary that struggled, like then you still don't have Minka back. You want a game plan like this where like you're barely getting thrown, you're barely getting tested down the field. And to give Pittsburgh credit, they came up and they tackled the short stuff all night. Uh, they made a couple plays on the ball when they needed to. Um, they were consistently aggressive downhill, and they didn't let the Ravens run game other than that one run by Edwards, where everybody kind of overpursued a little bit. Um, they they didn't really let the Ravens run game get going either. So yeah, it was a really good game by Pittsburgh's defense. You know, you could talk about the fact that their backups, like you said, offensive line was mostly starters. And so I think that uh, it bodes well, certainly moving forward, if they can get a landed a little bit healthier, if they can get Minka back. Um, there's definitely some reasons for optimism here. The pickup of Eric Rowe, man, and the forced fumble, the punch out, uh, that's one of the biggest plays of the season now as you look back. So got to give credit. Uh, front office found some guys, and I know Rowe's certainly an established player, so it's not like he was a total mystery, but there's definitely some thought that he was done, and he looked pretty done his first game back just in terms of couldn't move in the open field or tackle, and uh, he definitely stepped up in this game, made some big plays. So the matchups will get tougher. These guys will get tested more. Not every game will be the slogfest type of ball that doesn't expose very many defensive players in a game like this. Uh, but for what the Steelers have needed from them so far, they've done just enough, I feel like, to get this team where it needs to be. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also, Roe can help. He also is a converted corner to safety. So you, you just got him and Pat Pete back there. Uh, he done it years ago, so he's probably been more of a safety now for like three, four years. But maybe they can can talk through that. And and Pat Pete, you know, obviously kind of got run over on those two big plays. Uh, you know, did not make a nice tackle attempt on the, on the Edwards run or the the touchdown. But yeah, you mentioned the Hank thing. They were just attacking, just like curls uh, and, and throwing like flat routes. And and like the, the broadcast said a lot of like kind of obvious things they do but one one time i think it was riddick or maybe orlovsky was just like they should just be throwing over the middle of the field like on every drop back and they finally started doing it and started actually letting huntley throw uh over the middle of the field and it was like their best drive of the game um because yeah they just it was it was it was a preseason game for sure on defense too i feel like they were just like sitting back in zone and you know which is a lot of mcdaniel mcdonald does but nevertheless yeah, it was definitely vanilla. There's no doubt. Like you said, the pressure scheme, they, a couple times they sent a late blitzer Simpson and he got through uh, once, but it wasn't consistent. They weren't really attacking Rudolph. I would imagine if they met again for some reason in the playoffs, the game plan would look much different, uh, would be uh, pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, I would say it would be pretty significant um, in terms of uh, pressure, in terms of complexity, a little more on the back end, things like that. So we'd see uh, what will happen if that comes. Obviously, we talk about playoff matchups in a second. Uh, there's a couple more things. Um, it's saying here, yeah, it looks like Ian Rapport saying Watts MCL injury is a grade three sprain. If it's hmm. a grade three sprain, I believe that would be a MCL tear. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 A torn, torn MCL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a. Uh, he quotes himself rap sheet, or maybe edited. I don't know what you're looking at. He said now out with a torn MCL or grade three sprain. So yeah, yeah. He did he edit it? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at an edited version of a tweet, and he says now out with a torn MCL or grade three yeah. sprain. I guess which is the same thing. So yeah, interesting. I'll go back to that Shap or that Schefter tweet. Uh, sprained MCL. That's what he said. He didn't say the severity. So it looks like they didn't disagree. Rappaport just had more details. So yeah, sprained MCL sounds like a nice way of saying he tore his MCL, which I was, was fine news for next year. I would say like, right. Like it's probably not going to be like an injury that lingers or anything like that. I don't honestly, think so. But probably not good news for him playing this week. Like that's, pretty much off the table probably so yeah i think there's no chance yeah yeah so if if the steelers make it which goodness gracious which is a whole nother conversation probably <laughs> we'll get They're to make it now for sure and i can't it's... i mean i just i need just for the the, the funniness of it like I, they're gonna make it and then the bills are not gonna make it and it's gonna be all time we're gonna get i think the jaguars oh. could lose but i think that maybe they find a way miami wins at home and then you get I, – I like Houston tonight, but who knows? Um, they're missing every receiver, not named Nico Collins, so who knows? But, yeah, I just I just can't wait for Buffalo missing the playoffs and Pittsburgh sneaking in and just being like, yeah, let's not watch Josh Allen. Let's watch oh some Mason Rudolph come come January, baby. Gosh, and not even get T.J. Watt. I'm a yeah, diehard exactly. Steelers fan. Even I am not sure I want that. <laughs> like, yeah, I would just, that would be such a disappointment for the playoffs to yeah. see the Steelers without Watt. And, oh, that would be brutal. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously you, I'm sure Steelers fans are going to, they don't care. They're going to want to see the team in the postseason. I get it completely. Um, they did what they needed to do in this game. And I, it's hard to point to the playoffs and say, oh, they, they actually have something cooking right now in this area or this area. You know, I know they had the, 
the back-to-back 30-point games against the uh, bad defenses. Tonight was a really good – I really want to see, like, what do they do tonight? Better defense. Like, even if the backups are in there, like, there's still going to be some starters playing, and there were, especially yeah. early in the game. Um, what do you do? Like, how aggressive can you be? Can you find answers consistently against this group? And obviously the weather was a factor. How much of a factor? I don't know because when everybody went to throw the ball down the field, it was fine. It was really weird. Like teams, Ravens did it one drive before the half. And then they were like, all right, we're not doing it anymore. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, you just did it. You know, you could do it. It's fine. Like, it's just, it's like that uh, when you go down South or like not even down South to like Virginia and it snows and they're just like, we don't want to like drive fast. Everybody's like panic. Everybody's driving 20 miles per hour. You're like, it's literally just snow. The, the road's fine. Like, there's no difference at all. Like, you know, but they're not used to it. So it was kind of like that kind of a situation where just like they just felt like they couldn't throw in the rain. It was so weird. And whenever either team did it, it was successful, but neither team hardly did it at all. So, so it wasn't a true test, but they were pretty bad. I mean, the Steelers offense didn't give you a lot of hope that, oh, they figured things out on this like macro level. They, they've got found some things that might make them tough to stop. Uh, you know, for those short term, those short time spans um, that sometimes you see team catch fire, even though they're not that talented and they're doing something that's harder for teams to figure out how they're exactly they're going to defend it. And maybe they've got a counter off of that. And you see, saw certainly some things against Seattle that was like, okay, this is interesting. And I'm still more intrigued than obviously I would be if Matt Canada were there, but I just don't see anything that's like, like if they get matched up with Kansas city or even, even Buffalo, which has a lot of players hurt for sure, but even them, how they're coached defensively and, it's hard for me to see the offense doing enough. I mean, Josh Allen, four turnover games, always on the table. The Chiefs offense has struggled all year. I could see even without TJ Watt, the Steelers defense, just causing enough problems up front to maybe like stay in the game a little bit. But I mean, it's two of the best quarterbacks in the league in that secondary. Even with Minka back, it, it feels like a, it would be a tall task for them. Uh, yeah, I, I think so for sure. I, I without just think... an offensive, without an offensive explosion, I would say. Like if your offense can find something a little bit more how it looked against Seattle, then maybe you've got a chance. But without that, I just their defense isn't that strong. I think when you talk about going up against a quality opponent, that they're going to be able to hang in there. Also, oh, now it's like you you know you don't have to worry about T.J. Watts. You're not chipping him and sending help there. So you're either getting another player releasing as an actual route runner, um, as an eligible. Uh, I, I say that now because Mike McDaniel says that on Hard Knock. So I just call anyone who runs a route ineligible. That's how you sound like you know ball. Um, yeah, like it just it changes the entire dynamic of how teams play you without TJ Watt in a, in a very helpful fashion to them. Like, agree, they have some studs on the unit, but they have enough deficiencies. You take away a defensive player of the year candidate, and, and I think you can get picked on by a playoff team. I guess Miami or no, are they locked in now? Is the if they make it to the six, is that how it works for Pittsburgh? Uh, Pittsburgh might they'll jump might the AFC wait. South team. No, that sounds right as I say it. Is that right? Yeah, what the heck? Let's run through it. You want to run through it? Yeah, let's let's run through okay. it. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, Steelers win. Let's say Texans win because you and I both think that. Uh, Bengals have nothing to play for, and neither do the Browns. So we don't care about that game. Let's see, Jaguars, Titans. Let's say, let's say for the sake of the argument, the Titans win. You and I both think that. I think. Uh, let's say, just let's say, uh, Broncos or Raiders. That one doesn't South. Matter. It's just the second AFC South team. I think it's all it is, right? Because the Browns are locked in. As so the Chiefs, Chiefs beat the Chargers, let's say, right? Or the Chiefs aren't playing their starters, are they? No, I doubt it. They're locked um, in as the three, I think. The Chargers probably aren't either. So I'm wrong. So really what it comes down to is the head-to-head. So they don't have a head-to-head with Jacksonville. Let's say hypothetically. I think if Jacksonville wins, they're only division. So that's that's set. What it comes down to is did they play? they played Houston. They beat Houston, didn't they? No, Houston crushed the Steelers. Oh, they lost to both Houston and Indy. So, I don't know if it goes to head-to-head, though. It goes to, like, conference record first, right? Yeah. So, all all it's going to come down to, essentially, is do they get jumped for the sixth seed by the winner of this game tonight? That's that's the whole conversation. I think one through five, obviously, is set to a degree. You mean if Jacksonville wins, right? Yeah, or uh, if Tennessee, Tennessee wins. The Steelers, yeah, so here's the if Tennessee wins and Miami wins, yeah, the Steelers would be the sixth seed. If Buffalo but, wins, but Tennessee, if Tennessee and Buffalo win and Buffalo's in, then Dolphins would be the sixth seed. Steelers would be correct. the seventh. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There is yeah. a scenario. Also, yeah, I yeah. forgot there's the ESPN playoff predictor things. We could, I could have so, gone, gone yeah. through that. Right. So if, if what you and I think is going to happen, which is mm-hmm. we think Tennessee is going to win and Buffalo is going to win, 
Or I think Buffalo's going to win. I don't know. If you yeah, know. I'm with you there. At Bills. Yeah. Bills need to win to get in. They're, I think. Right. But they but then there'd be seven Pittsburgh at two Buffalo. Yes. So it would be, yeah. If the Bills win and the Titans lose, which is what you and I think will happen, then Pittsburgh would be at Buffalo. Yeah. If, I mean, Josh Allen against this defense without TJ Watt is putting up numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. Let's be serious. Yeah, With TJ Watt on lane, maybe you figured out, like, you know, the biggest weakness on that O line, in my opinion, is still uh, Spencer Brown at right tackle. So, like, I, I could have talked myself into, you know, muck it up, make it ugly. The Bills really haven't been playing that good a ball on the offensive side. They, they've spread things out more and been less reliant on. Allen going crazy or Stephon Diggs going crazy, but they haven't been like super efficient. But mm-hmm. yeah, without TJ Watt, I, I don't know if I see it. If the Titans win and the Dolphins win, then the che- Steelers are the sixth seed and the Chiefs yeah. are the three seed. Yeah, they go to Kansas City. Yeah. Which again, with TJ Watt, I could have talked myself into being like, they have, you know, find a way to cover Travis Kelsey. Don't let Rasheed Rice have a million yards after the catch and like find a way. Oh, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs defense. Yeah, I know. The Steelers the probably defense. don't like they, they might score a point against the Chiefs defense in a playoff yeah, I game. Mean, they honestly might like the Chiefs defense. I, I would have more hope that the Steelers offense we can figure something out against the Bills defense because even the Patriots have kind of done that. Like, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. The, the Chiefs defense is, I mean, to me, they're in the conversation with Baltimore for a best defense. Like, they yeah, seem, yeah. And they got Spags. Like, you, I know you got your guy. They, they, you can run on them a little bit, but I think part of that is just that they, to take away the pass and are maybe one of the better coverage teams in the entire NFL and are willing to kind of, you know, with letting guys get upfield and stuff like that, like secede some rushing and it doesn't really matter. So, I mean, yeah, look, it's not, they're, they're not, it's going to be like a touchdown spread against any of these teams. I would imagine are close to it. Um, okay, we should talk about Najee and Najee though. This thing you mentioned, like something that they can lean into, like you're running so well between the tackles and then you still are pitching the ball backwards or what was it? The first you get a first down, then on first and ten you go lat, uh, you know, a lateral play to Najee, and he loses three yards. Like, I, I get you to mix things up. I get Jalen Warren fumbled like three times. Just yeah. it's north with Najee. It's north and south, north and south. Najee, east to west. Warren. That's just like there's a little mnemonic device for you, Mister Faulkner. Like, just let's keep it simple. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in this game, like, it's just, yeah, just, there's no reason to be there was no reason to be doing the things that they were doing, like trying to get the ball on the edge as consistently as they were late in the game with Warren or with Harris, in my opinion. And my fear is that a game like this where Warren has ball security issues because of the weather, obviously he hasn't had ball security issues this season. Uh, I know early in his career, that was a concern, but we haven't really seen, we I think he's fumbled once this year. So like, I'm not worried about that with Jalen Warren. My fear is that they will say that. And then they're going to go into this next game and lean heavily on Najee. You had 26 carries in this game to nine for Warren. I believe Harris had 14 more carries than Warren last week. So they are clearly moving away from Warren toward Najee. And in this game, perhaps with the what struggles Warren had to hold the ball, I understand why they did that. But that's been a trend. And to me, that's a, to the detriment of the offense. Um, and so Harris is good. I mean, you know, he had 112 yards, 26 carries to get there, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, he, you know, he's been fine. I You know, there were a couple of plays as a receiver in this game where he, you know, obviously had a chance at a first down on the one and he decides to try and bust out laterally and try and get around everybody. He just does not have speed or juice that way. There's some wide open holes in this one. And he was really like walking through them and Warren just plays way faster. He's way more explosive. He's way more effective at the second level than Harris is. Um, uh, Harris is a good football player for sure, but you just are going to need every single, you're going to need so many of your reps to go to your best player on offense, your best players. If you're going to have success in a playoff series, or in a playoff game, excuse me, and there's just like that's just not Harris. Like you need Warren to be your top guy, and if you don't do that, I just don't think you have the firepower. Like you need to have, be given all your best players touches, and in this game, even like Pickens not getting the football, like it showed to me just a huge regression and creativity. Uh, how you're getting him the football, like that, everybody. Oh, they're capping him with a safety over the top and forcing the Steelers to go elsewhere. So do something else with him. He doesn't have to play just X receiver, just vertical routes. Like that that is just so frustrating to me that they can watch this guy do what he does after the catch, that they can get him the ball all the different ways that they do, and then they don't real they don't feel in a game like this. And I know they're trying being conservative, and he's not part of a game plan like this. I think it's just bad process. Um, and those are the kind of things when you're talking about just a couple games without Canada, you want to be able to lean into something that tells you, oh, this team could beat a good team if they played them. And we just don't know that yet. They're like they've probably going to be three, you know, with the Ravens backups here, obviously, but some non-playoff teams uh, to get into the playoffs are here. And so we're just still not really sure what they look like against a good. They haven't played a good team in 
I mean, would you call India a good team? Like, yeah, I mean, like it's not a good, it's not a quality win. It's not a bad yeah. win either. But it's not stalled. like oh, you're not like hanging your hat because you beat the Indianapolis Colts. Like, hey, yeah. Gardner Minshew and <laughs> yeah, Gardner Minshew and maybe the worst secondary in football. Like, congrats. Um, right. I mean, yeah, Seattle's no, I mean, the best win, and they're yeah probably gonna miss the playoffs. And, you know, eight nine football team, maybe they'll finish. No, the Bears are gonna be the Packers. Come on, John. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope so. I, I would love to see that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, they haven't really played a playoff. When was the last time they played? I mean, maybe the Colts sneak in here, but a team that's already in. I mean, obviously Baltimore's backup, so we're not counting that. I mean, they lost at Cleveland week eleven, and that wasn't even this version of the Browns. They beat the Packers. Yeah. The Packers get in, maybe. I mean, this yeah. schedule has been something else. I saw a metric the other day that said the Steelers have had one of the hardest schedules this season. And I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, because the AFC North's like competent across the board, but like they haven't played a starting quarterback. In for, like, do you know, specifically yeah, starting weird. quarterback they've played? Like, we have ninth, which I still think is like generous, but I, I do wonder if, like, I mean, I know we adjusted for who played because there was, we had a whole thing yeah. with Tyler Huntley and getting that set up for this weekend because it was funny. We, like, switched it to Tyler Huntley for this game, and then it said the Raiders had, like, a 2% chance to win the Super Bowl, or the Ravens, not Raiders. And so then a bunch of people were like, how the hell is PFF? I'm like, well, it's because we accidentally, like, set up Tyler Huntley to be the starter for the whole way through. So anyway, um, we have ninth. I mean, I, you know, tough division, tough conference. I get they've played some decent teams. But now we'll get into this. They're 9-2 and two in one-score games this year, which is the biggest regression signal in all of the NFL. Not always. If you go four and three, it doesn't mean anything. But if you have, you know, a whole article written by Justice Mosqueda, who does great work, like if you have a five like, win differential or loss differential in those one score games, there's like a 90% chance that that swings the other direction the following season. So again, I'm not saying they're going to go two and nine next year, but odds are they have a losing record in one score games after going nine and two. Um, and a lot of those nine, I mean, again, tonight against backups and there's other bad teams they beat by a score. So They've been beating yeah, I mean, those odds for a while at Pittsburgh, though. I will say that. Yeah, the fine that the one score I believe in the odds completely. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And, although I think like the big Ben year was one where it did come back down to earth. I and mean, look, you can play a style of football where it's more likely to happen. I mean, if you have lower scoring games, which they obviously do, uh, you're all more likely to have one score games. Uh, you know, of course, but. But yeah, I, I mean, like even tonight, we're talking about what they they recovered what three fumbles in this game, and they scored seventeen points. Yeah, I believe that's right. Two, two, two or three fumbles. Two, two fumbles. fumbles maybe both lost two fumbles. Yeah, both teams both lost, lost two fumbles. fumbles. Yeah. So, but they were those were both in Baltimore territory. I think. Uh, I believe that's right. Yep. Too short. Let's yeah. see. Uh, yeah, they had a twelve play, seventy six yard drive. Oh, then I played. Oh, yeah, the one they did not get any points off of. It wasn't Baltimore territory, I believe. Yeah. No, uh, so. and they the first one they didn't get any points off of it. Um, that was the one Warren ended up fumbling back to them. I think. Gotcha, and gotcha, then they gotcha, had the yeah, yeah. yeah the nine play twenty five yard drive that led to Boswell's twenty five yard field goal to put them up seventeen to seven yeah no doubt uh, they've obviously you know turnovers you can see that's been a big thing in their favor so um, you know Mason not having that interception caught on the first drive and run back you know those are all big breaks that definitely go their way having said all that I still think that this team like clearly they found a way like they are generally a talented team i think like that's the thing people want to point to oh they're bad in this area look at who they have playing linebacker and safety and i agree like i've said i give them credit for that however like this is a pretty talented football team their defensive line is one of the best in football their offensive line has plenty of talent on it daniel siamalu broderick jones like there's plenty of talent here do they have some clear weaknesses do they make dumb personnel decisions are they playing broderick jones out of position yeah, absolutely. But Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, super talented wide receiver duo, one of the best running back duos in all of football. They have Fryermuth. They have one of the. I mean, they just have really good football players, like a lot of different places. Um, and I know Minka has been down, but and there's a couple spots to week. But this is definitely a playoff roster, and people act like it isn't. I just don't know what they're watching. Like they're talent wise, there's no doubt this is a playoff roster. Um, obviously it's one of the worst coached offenses in the league up until recently, and they're still kind of finding their way and they've changed quarterbacks three times since Canada has been gone. So like, I can't really say for certainty what they are, except a way more competent team than they were before, which obviously the bar was on the floor underground actually. Um, so I can say those things with confidence. However, I just don't know like where they're at in that, that scale. Um, and I think defensively, yeah, you're not really going to be, not a ton is going to be revealed. Like I thought Seattle carved them pretty good. But not a ton is going to be revealed. I think once you're up against better comp- until you're up against better competition, and they really haven't had to face that too. So we are kind of in limbo with evaluating kind of what this team completely looks like in some ways. Uh, this game wasn't really like some amazing masterpiece schematically, but as we said, they did enough to be able to get there. It's just going to suck if you have to like try and go to this next game. 
you're not going to have your best football player on your team. You're already a significant underdog. And yeah, it's just, man, it's like, man, like, and you're 10 and seven now already. So it's always that struggle. And I know Brad, it's like so hard because fans want to just be like excited. And I totally understand. And part of me, like, but it, weighing the future against the current and like, that's what's so hard for me. And maybe it's just my brain and how it works. And I am happy that they won, but I'm also like thinking, I want this team to be real competitive someday. Like where we don't get no, where the Steelers aren't like in the playoffs and we're like, well, yeah, but they're not going to win. Like, come on. Like they're not going to make a run, you know, like I want to be threatening. Like if Houston gets in, they're super interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to go on a deep run, but, they're interesting, man. Like they're a tough football team. They've a young gun quarterback and they're great. They're really well coached. And like, I think they're just tough. Like you know, if they get in and so, yeah, I'm just those kind of scenarios to me. Like, I want to be like one of those kind of, at the very least, you know what I mean? And I just, you can't get there if you're nine and seven, 10 and eight, 10 and eight, 10, nine and eight, 10 and seven every year and picking 18 to 20. Like, it's just really hard to get there where, where you're that team unless you're just really, really well coached. And We've talked about that a lot. So it's just, it is a very interesting feel. Like, what should you want as a fan? Like, you know, it's one of those, what what actually makes you more, you know, everybody, obviously you're going to be happy if your team makes the playoffs, but you do recognize, like, if you're not just short-sighted and you recognize, like, long-term, like, where is this team going? Like, what is happening at quarterback? Like, this is the kind of game, and I said this to you the other day, but this is the kind of game you should be dying to see Kenny pick it in. Like you want to evaluate him by this standard. You got in and he's not going to get the ball. Like he's not going to get an opportunity to do that. So you're going to go into next year, probably having lost the playoff game and knowing that Mason Rudolph was whatever in that game. And that's just a hard place to be in because you don't really know what to think about your quarterback room. And I, I mean, the report today from Rappaport there, Kenny Pickett's still their guy, not franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, their court franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's baloney. Like, it, you bench him in the most pivotal part of the year. Like, I get he's doing what the agent wants him to say and pick it. And the team probably wants that out there, too. And so, everybody, as he asks about, everybody's going to play nice. And I'm not saying they'll move him this offseason, which was the crux of Rapport's report. But this is not, the, they're not going into next season leaning on this guy. And so, you have a question at OC and you have a question at quarterback. And now you're picking further away from where you need to be. And yep. it's just like, what is it? Probably yeah. yeah, it adds yeah. up. It, it adds up to a very hard situation to get better where you need to get better to be a team that actually matters at some point. And that is frustrating, I think, and even in the midst of recognizing that, yeah, being in the playoffs is cool and not every team gets to do that. And that is fun to have that extra game. Like, I get that, but just want to compete for real again. That's all. The, the Kenny thing is really funny. And I get that, like, navigating how you respond to reports and how we talk about news and stuff on this show and we'll show it more and more over time. I'm not saying like, I'm not ever going to try to like say what some person's agenda is. The third is it's also isn't a scenario where it's like, let's say the backup. I don't know. I can't think of like, who's a great backup in the NFL, but I don't know. Like this is for a third stringer. Like this isn't for like, Oh, you know, they went out and said, you know, let's say a Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke thing. And Heineke comes in and gets like super hot and they're paying him two years, $14 million. Like, no, you're paying Mason Rudolph like near minimum to be your third stringer, and you've made the decision that you'd rather play him in a win and in hypothetically playoff game against your division rival rather than the kid you drafted 20th overall last year. Yeah, will he be on the roster? Yes. Does there is there a single person that thinks he is the future quarterback of this team? No. <laughs> like I'm no. saying, I'm saying in the building, not fans, not yeah. media. Like in the Anybody, building, no, including that doesn't exist. <laughs> like no. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, some people like, and it's just like. And then, yeah, like we talked about it before the show, like Mason did enough tonight, you know, again, Deontay taking a ball 75 yards on a slant, which was a yeah. good throw, but it was, a good like, throw. It was, there's no chance they play Kenny in the playoff game. You can't, I would even say you can't like, no, like now it's Mason's, he gets to get the playoff game and, you know, and then we'll go from there. But no, they, they, uh, and even if they don't draft anyone, it's still to me, it's just like, you know, they just, obviously they don't, they haven't seen enough from Kenny in two years. So, you know. And, and that's right in the process. Like, you're right. You can't go back to Mason now, but you could have this week. You could have. It had, to be, this week. Still. It had to be this week. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you could have. And you, that's the thing. Like, it's like now you can't because you just won three games in a row. It doesn't matter whether what your quarterback did. Like, it really doesn't matter. You could have been Tim Tebow out there and players would be like, well, we're winning because that's all. That's as simple as they think. The vibes yeah. are good when you win and players care about the vibes. It's not their job to care about anything else. No. Did we get the ball. Did we get vibes or are we winning? Like, were the vibes good? Like, they are. So, like, 
But as a coach, you have to be able to look beyond that. What's the big picture? Like, and, and that wouldn't, oh, you could throw that out if Mason's significantly better than Kenny. But it, come on, even the biggest Mason stands don't think he's significantly better than Kenny. So you're evaluating against that, I feel like. And that's, and that's, I know this is complicated. I know fans don't necessarily always want to hear this stuff right now, but it's just like those are the process things that make evaluating this team so tricky because they are in these situations where they could be doing a better job of setting themselves up long-term to have answers. And they consistently don't do that. Like you'd love to go into next year knowing what Broderick Jones looked like at left tackle. Instead, we have to watch Dan Moore. Like it's true. No, you don't even know what it looks like. And the thing too is you could say, oh, well, they're at practice and all that. Yeah, but we don't really have a whole lot of evidence that there's like that we're watching the games, which is what we can see is being like, like you always talk about, like who they're playing and who's getting personnel. And also just like when guys play five snaps, like a, like a, um, you know, a Herbig, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the practice reps do matter, of course, but yeah, you didn't get to see your trade up in the first round, potential franchise left tackle play left tackle because yeah. Chuck Sakura for who you extended said something that you really must've just been vitriolic as, as, as humanly possible. But it's just like, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a waste of, again, I'm obviously more pro Tomlin than most people or whatever. Like I, I respect raising the floor the way he has is impressive, but mm-hmm. all the things we're talking about limit the ceiling significantly. And so like, again, if you're comfortable going nine and eight, 11 and six and losing in the first round, this is, this is your favorite franchise in sports history. If you want to make the small maneuvers now that potentially get you back to 13 and four and chasing rings, none of those things are happening. <laughs> Bunch of wild stats. Alex Kuzor tweeted this out. Steelers become only the fifth team in NFL history to win 10-plus games and have a point differential of negative 20 or worse. They joined the 2021 Raiders, the 2012 Colts, the 95 Eagles, the 93 Raiders, the 86 Jets. Literally one of the worst 10-win teams of the, of the since the turn of the century. It's just, yeah, it's like it's juggling all of that. Like, you know, you just... And I don't like, I don't take it for granted. Like, yes, you could be some team that's bad every single year for sure. Like, no doubt that's on the cards. Like, you could be a team like the Jets, just just absolutely trapped and going nowhere year after year after year. Like, you could be one of those types of teams. And that could be, and like, I get that. That would suck too. Like, I understand that. Like, at least this team like competes most of the time. Uh, but there is just something desultory about being in a situation where, yeah, you could make the playoffs, but n- absolutely nobody is going to remember even how you lose because that's how insignificant you are. Like nobody outside of Pittsburgh has any idea how they lost to the Chiefs a couple years ago. They don't care. It doesn't matter. Like they were, it was a game that didn't matter. It was a playoff game. It didn't matter to people. Everyone knew the conclusion before it started. And this year, the AFC is bad enough that I don't even know that I'd say that's a hundred percent true this year. Like it's shaky enough, and even in Buffalo, where you know New England's giving them a game last week, like it's shaky enough even there that like you you're not like nothing can be certain. Like the Raiders are beating the Chiefs, like the Chiefs have struggled. Like I really do think it's not about the Steelers being better than they've been in past postseasons because I feel like they're just literally exactly the same team. But I I still think that this is like the the of the top teams are just that much worse this year. Like where other than Baltimore, where it's like possible that 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 the Steelers could like do something crazy if there's like this disastrous quarterback performance from Holmes or Allen, which again, you're doubting your top five quarterbacks in the league. You're not betting on that, but it's not like totally out of the question. Where like the year they lost the chiefs. Like it was just totally out of the question. Like there's no way they were that team. The the game was over before it started. Like exactly. Right. It was was not even close. Pointless that they even lined up and went for 60 minutes, you know, like, and, and that's just sucks. Like that sucks. Like that's, you don't want that to be the case. And like, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to ruin the whole thing. And I get if people are really pumped about this win, I'm sorry. Like, I know this sounds down. I just, you want to get back to that level of football. Like that's the kind of team that actually matters. And they have the talent to be that kind of a team. Obviously they have to get quarterback, right? They could have gotten OC right or closer to right or better this off season. And they didn't and held the team back significantly this season. This team would have won, you know, they would have won two more games this year if they had fired back in, like at least. And they were obviously lucky to win the amount they did. But they would have, not only would they have won two more games, they would have been a plus point differential team. They would have been a positive team, NFL team. Like they wouldn't be this, oh, they're one of the worst 10 win teams we've seen. And like every metric shows that this team doesn't belong in this conversation. They don't belong in the playoffs. They don't belong to even be in consideration in week 18. That's what every metric shows. Like a team that typically plays like the Steelers play this season is on is not in the playoff race or playoff picture at all, let alone probably getting in and have a 10 and seven record at this point in time. And like, I just know what that process means. That means even if you get in, you don't have a chance and I want to have a chance. Like that's, 
that's the kind of fan I am. I want to have a chance to see this team actually do things that matters again. And I, I'm just not sure when we're going to see that. And we've talked about that a lot. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they obviously need some lucky quarterback. That's how it works for almost everybody. Um, I hope that that happens. But I just I seeing the path for it is hard right now. And I think the, the takeaway I would have is like, because I think some people, when they hear conversations like this, they immediately jump to like, oh, so you're just saying they should have just like tanks. Like, no, the, really, there are so many micro small decisions they could have made. So to go to your Canada hypothetical, maybe you, you see more from Kenny Pickett. Let's say he played 10 games like the first game he played post Canada. We might actually be sitting here talking about like, it's still kind of questionable, but maybe he could be the guy like, you know, it's like, probably not, but like, we'd be, you know, it'd be at least be a conversation where I think both of us right now are just like, who are they going to draft or who they're going to, are they going to sign Kirk cousins or like, you know, whatever. And so it's like, if you're going to be in purgatory, that's that I'm not gonna say it's fine, but there are ways to navigate that to where it's, you're, you're picking up on the edge cases. You're getting a lot of play from young players. You're getting growth from premium position players like quarterback and seeing what you have. And yeah, it's just like, these little micro decisions are going to come down the future to make things even more difficult to, you know, to overcome and surmount down the road. So yeah, I'm not, we're not suggesting that, Oh, they should have just lost every game. No, but that 10 and seven seasons are, are made differently. Um, you know, and they just, they didn't learn a lot about like, yeah, like, J, like JPJ is a good example. Like, yeah, throw your number one corner who you took with a, basically a first round pick into the fire and let him match up one-on-one with number one receivers. Like, that's what they should have done. The equivalent of that with a Broderick Jones at left tackle. And then obviously just letting Kenny run an actual NFL offense from week one on. It's just, you know, like you said, just it's not going to lead to, you know, playing games in January. We think they can win as opposed to just playing games in January, period. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, I think it's it's the desire. You want that, I think, more than anything else. And that's what it's, it's just they're not on track where that's where you can see how that's going to happen right now, where they're playing these really competitive games or games where you be an actual contender, you know, like um, you just like to see a path for that, especially with Watt and with some of the guys they have, the talent they have, they have some of the best defensive players in the league. Like it would just be really nice to see more competency around that group. And maybe next season is the season where like all the supporting pieces become so strong that even if you can get just a decent OC who isn't a complete fraud and, and a competent quarterback play, you could be like a real like team, you know, like a positive point differential team, a team that actually beats people and uh, isn't giving games. And, you know, I, that would be awesome. That'd be fun to see where you're not like leaving every win. Like, what did I just watch? Like, you know, like it's got that fried look in your eyes. Like, what is happening? You know, that would be nice to, to be there again um, as a team. And those are the days I really hope for. Like, I don't I hope for those things way more than I care about, like just being. Like, are you still alive technically at the end of the season? How many teams do you need to help you? Like, what are your scenarios? You get it? Like, yeah, there's just not much optimism I have for a team like that, uh, even if they do get in. So that's kind of how we see it anyway at this point in time. Obviously, I'm excited. Like, if they do get a playoff match, it'll be good to have one more game, obviously, uh, to watch this team and to be able to evaluate them by. Um, and we'll see what happens. You know, crazy things have happened. And um, this fact this team hasn't really pulled off those kind of upsets against good teams this season is certainly something to have on the radar. It is interesting that they beat the yeah, I'm the Packers and Rams aren't good teams, but the Ravens, uh, yeah, Rams are. Yeah, the Ravens the first time. Yeah, that the was Ravens obviously the, the luckiest. Time. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably the least, probably the most unlucky game for a team I've seen. <laughs> I think we have it. Like we track a bunch of stuff in terms of like you know drops or missed field goal, like all different areas where we say like, I think it was we have it as the unluckiest game of the year for a team is the is the Ravens. I'm pretty sure we do. So, I'm I'm not surprised. There was multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I was a. Everything broke the right way, but um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I'm. I hope Watt's healthy, obviously, and there's no long-term ramifications. Don't think he's going to play in this game. They have the edge guys to be able to play. Man, what a shame it would be if we don't see if we see Nick Herbert get like ten snaps and they play like Marcus Golden, like they're playing Watt. Like that would just be such a shame. But it's the kind of thing you could see them doing, isn't it? Like where they just don't play the best player. I was paying attention to it. He was playing like almost every down once Watt went out. I think they're like Golden Moore on Highsmith's side and Herbig Moore on TJ's side. They, those, those guys rotate more than the starters do, um, but th- that kind of seems to be the split that I actually look at the stats. But, yeah, he played a bunch. Herbig had one. He loves the jump chop now. It's like his his favorite move now, too. Uh, he kind of pulled it off once, but the, the, he was running their direction. But, yeah, I – it's probably still not going to be enough because I like Marcus Golden, but he's like 33 years old. Like, you know what Marcus Golden is. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see some Herbig. That's, yeah, that's that'll be exciting. Line. Getting Minka back will be exciting. Can Minka actually yeah. make, you can get a chance to make a play on the ball? Like, that would, 
It would be love to see some regression in the mean for him. He made the Pro Bowl despite the fact that he's barely played this season. What a joke that game is. I'm a die. I love making a death. I think he's the best safety in the league when he's healthy. And I can't believe he made the Pro Bowl. It's ridiculous. He Julian Love, you know, we you saw on the Seahawks tape why Julian Love made it, obviously. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Did he make it as a safety? <laughs> yeah, Julian Love is a starting safety for the NFC Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> What? Probably just because the Eagles game. I'm guessing. I think voting probably opened the morning after the Eagles game. That's my own. That that was my guess. You know, it had been open for a while at that point, but that's okay. insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. didn't make it. Did not make it. Well, the funny thing too. Really so that was funny. Is that Winfield's dad? This isn't relevant to the Steelers yeah. podcast, but Winfield's dad is freaking out about Buddha making it, and they're both represented by the same agent. So I was dying laughing. Also, like, why not pick on Julian Love? It that's what I was that also was funny. I was like, I think Buddha has the like legacy of like, yeah, he's Buddha Baker. Like he will just put him in. You know, Cardinals fans will just put him in every year, which I you know, I get that. Yeah, I don't know why he cho- he chose I don't know the way the stats lined up. Obviously, Love has like four picks on the year. I think what two of them came in that Eagles game. Um, but yeah, it was too funny. What a massive, massive mistake. Just absolutely absurd. Winfield Probably will finish with it. Maybe he might even get a defensive player of the year vote. That's how good he's been this season. How good is yeah, right? Are. Right, but he not, shouldn't win. Yeah. But they were literally conversations like, should should he be in like top ten for defensive player of the year? Top ten, I'm probably top ten. I think you could make a little bit of an argument there. I don't you think it really matters after five, but um, yeah, yeah you could yeah. you can make an argument. The fact that he's not even a Pro Bowl, <laughs> it's just completely. That's ridiculous. like. Josh Allen, if they win and get the two seed, he's going to get a bunch of MVP votes and not be a Pro Bowl quarterback, which yeah. that, that I have less of a quabble with. I mean, he probably should be in it, but it's just, yeah, it's just kind of funny. This this year's a weird year for, like, awards and stuff. I feel like yeah. across the board, kind of. Right. We didn't really talk about that with the Steelers, but Minka won, Watt was in. Is that it? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I think that was it. I believe that's it. Yeah, I don't think anybody else was in. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, it was – that was absolutely wild, but getting Minka back would definitely help, obviously. Also, can KZ play? I'm pretty sure he can, right? Yeah, that's right. Also, if you Google Steelers Pro Bowl, the first result is George Pickens says, fuck the Pro Bowl. So that's <laughs> <laughs> the first Google result. That's where. <laughs> <laughs> All right, George. Amazing. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, but I, I think KZ could be back. Uh yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure that's what that was in the stipulations for the rules um, that they could the the the, the um, appeal at least. Yeah. So we'll see. So I don't. I mean, not that I think that's some great panacea, but <laughs> I. <laughs> All right, yeah. Chiefs. Are, Chiefs are doomed now that now that Devontae is back. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patty Rubs can't do anything about the fact that he's back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too funny. It's too funny. Um, yeah, so all right, there we go. Let's uh, watch this Colts Texans game and we'll see what we think. We'll be back once we know everything, kind of what's going on. Uh, we'll probably be back Monday night. Maybe we can do something like that. Does that work? Yeah, it's Monday. There's no game, so yeah, we could probably do yeah. that. Yeah, so probably Monday we'll give our thoughts and we'll start talking about a playoff matchup. We might not, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get into pre. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure something out for next week. Uh, get a couple pods up for y'all, but until then, appreciate y'all, Steelers. We'll see. Going to the playoffs or not going to the playoffs? We will wait and find out the answers for you. Until then, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Yins No Ball Podcast.